0: Let us pray. Gracious God, we do not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from your mouth. Make us hungry for this your word, that it may nourish us today in the ways of eternal life through Jesus Christ, the bread of heaven. Amen. Today's Psalter reading is Psalm 85, verses 8 through 13. Listen for the word of the Lord. Let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his faithful, to those who turn to him in their hearts. Surely his salvation is at hand for those who fear him, that his glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness will meet. Righteousness and peace will kiss each other. Faithfulness will spring up from the ground, and righteousness will look down from the sky. The Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and will make a path for his steps. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: Our New Testament reading comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Listen again for what God has for us today. Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by the time the boat battered by the waves was far from the land for the wind was against them. And early in the morning, he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke and said to them, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying, You of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Lord in your graciousness, provide us with the understanding that as your word is proclaimed, new insights and new life will be manifested in this hearing. Now that the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, my rock and redeemer. Amen. Walk this way. The way of faith. Reported in the chapters before this passage, Jesus is rejected in his hometown. John is put into prison. John is then murdered for speaking out against Herod's marriage to his brother's wife. John's disciples come and tell Jesus, and now presumably some of them follow Jesus. They walk in the way. Jesus has performed the miracle of feeding the 5,000 and healing many of the sick in the region. After these miracles, Jesus compels the disciples to get in a boat and go ahead of him to the other side of the lake. He then dismisses the crowds and walked away up a mountain alone to pray. Exhausted from the crowds, exhausted from the disciples, and exhausted from miracle working. In the time I have, How much time do I have? In the time I have, I will provide three illustrations on how to walk this way, how this passage might manifest in the lives of today's Christians. The first illustration. This passage brought great comfort to the early Christians. While not spared suffering and death, they were confident that Christ would save them, even if they were to die. Which way to walk? When my husband died, we had been married for almost 35 years. I can imagine how the disciples felt. Scared, abandoned, even angry at God for leaving them to venture out alone. And me? Oh, I was angry. For in my mind, God took my best friend. He took my best friend. I wasn't supposed to live like this. It wasn't supposed to be like this. We had big plans. I only knew one thing, God is sovereign. And that even though I was in pain, and most days now I keep the uninvited grief at bay, my soul is anchored in the Lord. God holds me close and I have hope that I will See all my people again, because Jesus rose from the grave. As Pastor Joanna reminded me in her sermon, God will work it out. The burial, the bills, the bank, and the burdens, God worked it out. And Pastor Calvin last week, he spoke about anguish, but unwavering faith. That little mustard seed, that little mustard seed kind of faith. I was just peculiar enough to believe. What else did I have? I am grateful to the examples I have witnessed in my family, here in this congregation, and in my life, of that mustard seed kind of faith. My second illustration is. Why walk this way? Going to seminary? (laughs) Well, a trip to Egypt was walking through Hezekiah's tunnel. I was asking myself, why are you walking in the dark? The dark was so deep. You could put your hand in front of your face and you couldn't see a thing. I know that walking that way didn't have anything to do with me being retired, empty nester, or my house in decent repair. But why this way? I guess Jesus has a plan for my life. And be careful what you pray for. As many of you know, I have heard or heard me drone on about my adventures in the Holy Land. Some may not know how terrified I was. A 16-hour plane ride, traveling with strangers, some stranger than others. And I was going into Hezekiah's tunnel, dark, not seeing anything. The train was uneven and hearing noises, noises, water splashing, very scary. But I had faith that there was a light at the end of that tunnel, and I had a guide. And if he had a stop, I would have climbed right over his back and kept on going. When we got through the tunnel, the light was so bright, it was blinding. In contrast to the darkness, it was a welcome sight. I went from fear to phenomenal. The theologian Douglas Hare suggests that the villagers in this narrative stumbled, or in other translations, they were scandalized and they used that word repeatedly with respect to Jesus. As here in the passage and in chapter 11, verse 6, and chapter 26, verses 31 through 33, it seems to reflect that the early Christians' judgment that an encounter with Jesus amounts to a moment of decision. You had to respond either with faith or with doubt. Unquote. Again, Hare states that in the passion narrative Jesus predicts that his arrest and its sequel will prompt unbelief even in his closest followers. They will all stumble over him and their faith in God's presence in Jesus will be crushed as if it is a failure. The story was probably regarded skeptically by some in the first century as well, but it was more widely believed we have science today and the laws of nature can only be suspended by supernatural intervention it would have been unquestionable for jewish believers that the god of the exodus was fully capable of giving power so that jesus walked on that water for such an audience the question would not have been is this possible but did it actually happen in this case? Our scholars liken these Nazarenes to the modern church. They stumble over Jesus with less justification than the perplexed disciples of Gethsemane. Jesus' claims and demands appear excessive to secularists. While including God as a necessary principle in their way of thinking, they are offended by the claim that the creative force of the universe appointed to do something unique and uncommon in the life and death of one ancient, not so common carpenter. Those who confronted by Jesus must decide not only about him, but about his heavenly father. My third illustration, when in the future in God's timing and in God's hand, a future is produced. In 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, But as it is written, what no eye has seen nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. Keep focus. Don't let anything, anywhere but Jesus, and by faith, we will all make it through the storms. The song for some of you um, who were around last century, Walk This Way, by the rock band Aerosmith, it was re-released a decade later by the hip-hop band Run DMC. And talking about faith, music is a way to walk in this world. And these musicians learned that even though the first, even though at first neither knew the one from the other, they worked in collaboration to produce one of their biggest hits, crossing over genres of music and becoming beloved by many more than they would have if they had done it alone. Isaiah 43, one through three says, so do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The facts are Jesus is, and our faith will sustain us in the midst of trials. Jesus even wants you and I to walk on the water. He wants you to be just this bold in faith. The alternatives are fear and doubt, And we all know that those things ought not to be in the place of a true believer's heart. To be authentic right now, maybe not all the time. Walking on water is about courage and faith and boldness. Jesus indeed calls his disciples and us to the center of this wild, restless sea He's not beckoning us away from it. He's beckoning us to it. The text says that Jesus made the disciples get into the boat. A better translation of this main verb would be, he forced them, he compelled them. Jesus didn't give the disciples a choice. He told them, get into the boat and leave, and leave him alone with the crowds so that he could dismiss them and go pray. Why did he have the disciples stay with him? Why didn't he? To help with them? There were 5,000 men and probably twice as many women and children. They followed Jesus out to this lonely place, and it was the disciples at first who wanted Jesus to get rid of the crowds. That was before the great feeding. And only after the feeding does Jesus dismiss and disperse everyone. The crowds and the disciples. Craig Keener says that instead of remaining with the crowd to get their favor after the feeding, it is not an insignificant fact that Jesus dismisses them and goes on the mountain to pray. He also states that prayer, unlike political advancement, is central to Jesus' mission." Jesus goes up to the mountain And he was trying to do that before all the crowds showed up. He now finds the opportunity that he was looking for, to be in communion with God on the mountain to hear what God has to say to him. And like in Moses' fashion, Jesus proves that he is both leader of the crowds and an intercessor for the people. He climbs alone for his appointment with his father. And while he's there conversing with the Father, the disciples find themselves in life threatening situations. They are not being rebellious, they are being obedient. The difficulties that they experience on the sea are not of their own making. The disciples are many miles out in the sea and in a boat that's being tormented by the waves. This situation is similar to the calling, the calming of the sea in Matthew 8. 23-27. 23:27. And in that story, Jesus led the disciples to the boat and stayed with them. Even though he was asleep, when the storm arose and the waves covered the boat, the disciples cried out, "Lord, save us. We are perishing." Jesus questions them again, "Why are you afraid, O men of little faith?" And the story ends with the disciples marveling that Jesus rebuked the sea and the wind. What kind of God is this? In our passage, the disciples do not have the luxury of awaking Jesus because he's not there. The disciples are struggling to keep the boat afloat, and the text says that it's not until the fourth watch, which is between 3 o'clock and 6 a.m., that Jesus decides to appear in the middle of the sea. It is early, early in the morning and still dark. The disciples initially don't recognize Jesus in the midst of this chaos. They have done and been alone in the dangerous waves for hours. They're probably tired and beat up and been up all night. In the middle of this crisis, when they are at their weakest, Jesus reveals himself to them. And in that exhausted state, they mistake the Lord of creation as a phantom or a ghost. After all, they have been up all night. The mist and the waves were in their face. They didn't know who it was. And he said, take heart, it is I, have no fear. Jesus is not simply their teacher, but he is the revelation of God. Take heart. Do not be afraid. Jesus' actions are also symbolic according to Psalm 89 and 9. The psalmist worships the Lord. You rule over the surging sea when its waves mount up. You still them. And in the midst of the seas churning, Jesus does what only God can do. Like the burning bush, this is a visible manifestation to humankind, to humankind of God. This is a theophany. The last time Jesus revealed himself through the powers of, over the powers of chaos, the sea, he did it within the confines of the boat. And even then, his power confused the disciples. Here, he is displaying the power in this perilous stunt by walking on the water. When the disciples are confronted by this, Peter decides that he wants to find out for sure an assurance and an insurance that this is actually Jesus. I want to know if it's really you because I don't want to get out of this boat if it's not you. He said, take heart. Peter wanted to know. He asked Jesus, and Jesus said, come. Well, certainly Jesus walking, Jesus walking on the water and Peter walking on the water are not the same thing. But from Peter's standpoint, he needed to know that this would be the one who would be with him until the end of the age. From Pastor Nelson's sermon, seed sowing sermon, Like the seed sown on the rocky soil, Peter sprouts quickly, but dies back just as quickly. He leaps before he looks, suddenly becomes aware of the peril, and then starts sinking. Jesus will transform Peter after the resurrection. Peter will quit being a flake and start being the rock that he was called to be. Another way to translate Jesus' words to the disciples is, have courage. It's also in the present tense. Jesus is not saying, buck up, be brave, Peter. Have some chutzpah, for crying out loud. Where's your backbone? Is courage the same as bravery? Courage can seem connected to faith. And how is it so? The root meaning of the English word courage is from the Latin core, and the Spanish word corazón, heart, which may explain the English translations that that vary between take heart and take courage. Augustine commented that in this ship, which carries the disciples, the church is similar to that ship. It's tossed and shaken by the tempest and the temptations and the contrary wind of the world the devil as her adversary, rests not and strive to hinder her from arriving at rest. But greater is he who maketh intercession for us. End quote. This story measures Matthew's church, that even in the midst of persecution, they need not fear. Jesus is present with them. It offers the same reassurance to us, In times of illness, times of death, persecution, or troubles. It prepares us for times when things are going badly or even well. I have a feeling that this is something leaders of our church today need to hear as well. It seems that only impressive statistics substantiate Jesus' presence. To be skillful in your ministry, you have to have good attendance numbers and look good and smell good and have a nice staff and a big church building, an impressive budget, or some other outside acknowledgement of your worth. Trust yourself. Trust your inner space, your heart. Trust that what you are doing matters and that your ministries reach others and make a difference. And that truly, Jesus is with you. Sure, there will be times when it feels like you're walking on water, or at least you think you could. No problem. And that is a great feeling. But in the end, only Jesus can manage such a miracle. The daily life of ministry is not extraordinary. But hope for a little more than a little bit of faith. Take courage. Take heart, and walk in this way. Take up your cross, and walk that way. And Jesus said, follow me, amen.